All right, you guys ready? Let's do this. You're listening to the best of the best of the best. Fully loaded. It was so good. Luck, luck, luck. I don't think I've ever been chuffed. And what the mouth word said was, you talk too much. Scotty Potty Hay. Someone slapped me. That is not that crazy. That's hard. Losers. This is like proof of the supernatural. This is not the first goal scored by a hand this month. What? You made your own luck. You win by winning. When he plays, he scores. You're a pouty baby that doesn't deserve to be a baby. He's just a weirdo. Si, senor. I would like the pollo ranchero, por favor. I'm just going to pour myself another bourbon and just let this thing roll. All right, welcome to the latest edition of the Fantasy Soccer FC Podcast. This is David Smith. Scott Wiebe. Brian Shesko. Gentlemen. Why are you plugging your ears, Scott? You were loud. You were really loud. What? Well, no, I just want to bring some energy, dude. Okay, well, I appreciate that. We've got a lot to cover, so I hope you have enough to sustain you throughout this entire episode. Absolutely. Here's what I really need from you, Dave. Yes. I need you to have that same energy when you're doing the production for this podcast. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know where I'm going with this, yeah. don't you? Um, I have lost all plausible deniability with I'm going to go everyone back. in my life. That's true. I'm going to go back. I say bad words sometimes. And I'm going to change that. I, I happy Gilmore apologize to you right now. Oh, that's that's serious. On that apology. level, followed wow. by the Simpsons apology, oh, yeah. double apology. Yeah, that's how bad I feel about me screwing up producing last week. Here's what I hope. It is rare that a swear ever makes it through. <laughs> I purposely censor it. This is a family podcast. Okay. Yes, we say things, and and I joke about unnecessarily censoring things because that could sometimes be fun as well. It's funny. Yeah. I don't. Anywho, I normally censor the things that need to be censored. I missed something horribly last week. Mm-hmm. If you, you hear this, well, you won't. I will have fixed it before you hear this. <laughs> so anyways, I yeah. screwed up. I apologize. God bless. If, if one of you was listening and your kids are in the car – and that uncensored moment came across. Oh, I can't apologize more. It will. It will not happen again. I forgot that. That's. I, I always forget that that's a possibility. Absolutely. If somebody could easily be. I mean, it's. Ha- it has happened to me in unlikely times during the day where I think, oh, it's one p.m. No <laughs> one's gonna say anything <laughs> bad here. Sure. And it's not like that now. And. What in this internet age where No, so. I know. So it's on and me. with Scott's I screwed mouth. up. I apologize <laughs> to Scott. As Scott alluded to, I censored dumb <laughs> ten seconds later, yet I didn't censor his moment. Yeah. And so Scott, I am sorry. Well, if we had more listeners, we might get in a little bit of trouble with <laughs> Apple and anyone else who uh, you know, Stitcher you know, for not having an explicit label on the episode last week. But I accept that apology. We have, we I have appreciate that. a long track record of keeping it clean. We do. And we have a lot of fun. And we're just three dudes talking about soccer and fantasy soccer. We have a lot of fun doing this. And you know what? I was talking about Chris Wilder. I feel I get passionate at times about sure. things. Sure. Well, good. Longtime listeners of this, of this podcast know this. Yeah. You know, I don't like Chris Wilder. I don't like him as a man. 
He's a fine manager. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't, Why don't you like him as a man? I I'm, I'm just kidding a I little like bit. Chris I don't Robert. like his style. I don't like his old school style. Okay. But you know what? It's working. We'll get into more Chris Wilder stuff here a little bit later. There were 20 matches that were played since we last sat down and recorded this episode. It's impossible to cover. It's so much. I've got a lot of things that stood out to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, I would like to begin this episode, Brian. We're going uh-huh. to turn it over to you here in just a second. But I'd like to begin oh. this episode with a, a top seven list. Seven things that stood out to me from just the midweek matches before we get into everything else. Are we ready to do this? Yeah, let's get on with what we got. Number seven. We'll count down. Wow. Number seven. Okay. Dave, I felt like this was a moment you should have been kind of kind of happy about. Maybe let it warm your heart a little bit. Your boy Welbs, Danny Welbeck, with his overhead goal. It was a thing of beauty. It was an unbelievable goal. Listen, I have always loved Danny Welbeck. I think anyone who was fans of a team that he has played for has loved him as a player. He just can't stay out of his own way. He just is brittle. He gets hurt, and it's unfortunate because he really, really had promise as a footballer. Yeah, Great to see that. I, I love to see him succeed. I love to see Santi Cazorla succeed, still playing now in, in the league, La Liga. So, uh, you know, kudos to those guys. I love to see that. Number six, I know something you didn't love to see. Your boy, Eddie. Eddie and Kedia, what, four minutes after coming on the pitch? Red card sent off. I don't want you to go into full-blown Arsenal moment yet because we'll talk about that when we get to the North London Derby. But that had to have been a blow. He never touched the ball. I think he's one of the first players ever to get sent off and never touched the ball when he was on the pitch. <laughs> I'm serious. Zero touches total. Not in that play. You're saying just Zero in touches his time on the pitch. Total. That's amazing. Number five, I think in the midst of all the COVID protocols, we forgot about the uh, concussion protocols that we had. What concussion protocols, Brian? I don't know that there are any. There were so many blows to the head in these last 20 matches. Uh, it gave me a headache watching. And I don't remember seeing all that many concussion protocols followed through with. It began in Crystal Palace, Chelsea, the first match of the midweek of all 20 matches since we last recorded. I, it started with William getting blasted in the face with the ball going down to the pitch, walking off, walking right back on. Absolutely fine. Unless they're doing stealth concussion protocols, I don't know what, I don't know what happened to that. Scott, all anyone cares about, Brian, now is the COVID. No one cares about yeah, concussions. Did, yeah, did the ball give them the virus? Yeah, that's not all anyone cares okay. about. That's why they're shoving long schwabs up their nose on the pitch because yeah. they might have caught it mid-match. Yeah, they don't have time for anything Testing, else. testing, testing. Number four, speaking of blows to the head, brutal collision between Adam Smith and Ben Davies in uh, the Bournemouth Spurs match. Um, <laughs> what I hated the most was Adam Smith crumpled on the pitch and Ben Davies complaining about getting called for the foul. I was like, come on, man. Uh, luckily, Adam Smith is Both okay. guys were destroyed. I was going to say, I think I know Ben Davies played the next match. Yeah, he was, he was all right. I don't know if it's going to make your list, but, I mean, the one that happened today was not at all good either. I mean, we can we can add it as end. an addendum yeah, yeah, yeah. here. No, yeah, no, go yeah, ahead. Uh, oh, no, just Walker the, Peters. Kyle Walker Peters and Brandon Williams. It led to a goal in right, a way. In a way, minutes after uh, they had already lost Luke Shaw to an ankle injury, Brandon Williams comes on, collides with Kyle Walker Peters, is bloodied, and immediately goes down the tunnel. So that was one where I think 
the precaution of it was probably, I mean, it was probably the smartest thing they could have done, uh, although it led to... Uh, United having one, one the less player on the pitch right. on the set They had already used all their subs. Points and, yeah, exactly. Wow. In, a, in a major... I mean, you can't... What are you going to say? Brandon Williams being out there would have prevented a 96.9999 minute goal. Maybe his position was fronting... Obafemi. Yeah, it wasn't Lindelof. Well, it was apparently. definitely not Lindelof, that is for sure. <laughs> All right, number three from the midweek, things that stood out to me, John Egan scores again, and Chris Wilder runs down the touchline. I, I didn't know what to feel in that moment, because I think Chris Wilder didn't know what to feel in that moment. It, 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 I think Chris Wilder felt, yes, this is what you can do all the time. His account was open, and he was now ready to make deposits. Hmm. Interesting. So, ready, ready to rock and roll. It was Very good. It was dumb. The goal or Chris Wilder running? I don't mind Chris Wilder running. I understand you're happy about goals. It's just that the goal, that the fact that it happened was dumb. Yeah. No, I agree. Absolutely. Sheffield won one nil with that goal over Wolves. Number two, City scored a few, five in the midweek. Uh, not to be outdone, they scored. Uh, what, four more again on the weekend? Five more on the weekend. They scored ten goals since we last recorded a podcast. Um, that's just incredible. At Manchester City, absolutely incredible. And yet so little production from KDB. Yeah. He, had, he had one assist, I think, didn't he, in the out game? Of, out of ten goals. I I really wish this is the, this is the second week in a row where there's a, a, you just see a result and you just think, I really wish I had had the attacking guy for most of the minutes out there. Two weeks ago, for me, it was Matt Ritchie watching Newcastle absolutely decimate Bournemouth. And then last week, seeing uh, Raheem Sterling play 29 minutes in a game where he played... In 29 minutes, he finishes with a goal and an assist. And all I could think is, what if he had played the whole game? (laughs) What if he had played, I don't know, 59 minutes instead of 29? He did... A couple days ago, Brian. Yeah, he did play more minutes in the, oh, in the game the other day. On that yeah, one. That, that was happiness. So, All right, number two was Manchester City. Number one, this was one of many bad moments again for VAR. I, no one. So the which, moment, which day was it, Scott? There was three games. So the moment I'm specifically referring to in the midweek was Kanza getting called for a penalty against Bruno, when yeah. Bruno jumped onto Kanza. Bruno pretty clearly the aggressor in that situation. <laughs> yeah, they admitted, uh, they had to admit wrong in th- all three of the controversial decisions uh, in the midweek last week. So K- Harry Kane owners, disappointment for Harry Kane owners because Harry Kane they was, didn't get a did, pen, not right? call, did not get a penalty called which FA had to say was incorrect. Uh, that one with Bruno, and there was another one. I forget what it was, but um, I'm sure it was Probably very. Sako was it Sako's no goal? Because I don't understand how that ball isn't considered to be off of his shoulder. I, I've talked about this before, but I'm going to say it again. If you have to look at a play 14 times, and we can see on TV that you have to look at a play 14 times, do one of two things. Number one. Let the original call go. Or number two, ask the referee if he wants to take a look at it and, and let him make the final call. Now listen, 
VAR, unfortunately, is not going to be good in England until it becomes a consistent presence across all Premier League matches, not just a support to the on-pitch referee, but the actual guy who's going to make sure it's right every time. That's what needs to happen. I think that's what everyone is expecting to happen. I don't want to have questions during a match about whether or not the referee saw a play and that's why it was let go or not, or you know whether or not you know the referee thinks something is right and therefore the VAR is not going to overrule it. I don't want that. I want the VAR to be the final say. Under a consistent protocol or rule law book, this is exactly what the call needs to be every single time. Until then, it is literally... When Kanza was the Kanza play and then the Sako play, honestly, it is a coin flip as to how any VAR call is going to go. The other call that was uh, admitted wrong was that James Ward Prowse was awarded a penalty uh, when Southampton played uh, Everton, and they said that that penalty should never have been given in the first place. So two wrongly awarded penalties and one not awarded penalty that should have taking uh, Sako saying that somehow Sako arm hit that when it clearly hit on the blue part of his right, sleeve. Right, right, right. They have he, a they have a shoulder stripe. The blue stripe yes. on his shoulder stops at the seam. Yep. That is where the arm starts and the shoulder begins. You would think it hit the blue stripe. And that it was an never overrule. hit the arm. That was an overrule. It was ruled a goal. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. I, honestly, and, and again I want VAR. I will to work. give credit to the referees for this. I do not have the balls to look at Mamadou Sako and tell him <laughs> that was not a goal. Credit to the referees. They have well, the VAR balls got to hide of in the stone. Booth. He got to hide in the booth. He didn't, the guy who made the call didn't have to face Sako. Maybe that's what. Maybe that's Sako's. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. What exactly. At the, at the, yeah. No, I just I nobody wants VAR in England. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe not no one, but I want VAR in England. I want it to get the I do too. calls right. I just want them to focus on getting the call right, not worry about overturning the referee. It's so frustrating because I, have, I, I completely give up understanding it. And I'm sorry, that is a little bit on the announcers for themselves not knowing, but honestly, I don't even know if I should blame them because no one gets this. Absolutely no one. How do you get more calls it. wrong than you get right on any any given day well, you become an English referee all right there is a lot that happened on the weekend as well uh, let's start here for fantasy purposes if you had Mikhail Antonio and or Raheem Sterling you were sitting super pretty yep you had a, you had a good week can uh, confirm <laughs> you can confirm that. Brian yes, who did you captain uh, this week I captained Raheem Sterling Wow, wow, wow. For you. Um, Look at you. I I think his previous uh his previous performance especially and then added that on to uh how good he's been overall since the restart. Uh Raheem Sterling has just uh turned into absolute ball of fire here since week 30. And then I think because he played, like I just said, because he played 21 minutes or whatever it was against Newcastle, it seemed like there was no one safer. And then, uh, just to pile more onto the my Raheem Sterling love here, there is a, it is it has been reported. There are some fan sites and some other Manchester City sites that are suggesting that Raheem Sterling 
with this hat trick has pulled within with the hat trick this past match and his overall performance is now within a shout of the golden boot and is saying that he would like to make a run at it. Given their schedule in the final three weeks, it's not out of the question. So even after playing 90 minutes here this past week against, against Brighton, by the time you hear this, you will know for sure whether or not he has gotten the start again against Bournemouth midweek. The issue with Manchester City was the turnaround uh, wouldn't probably affect them if it wasn't for the FA Cup semifinal against Arsenal this coming Saturday. So already there's the expectation of plenty of Manchester City rotation for Bournemouth uh, by, this com- by Wednesday. By the time you've heard this, you'll know exactly what kind of rotation that is. But the turnaround from Arsenal to Watford in week 37 is two days. They would have two days off. So Saturday, Arsenal, you know, they play Arsenal Saturday. Watford is the following Tuesday. So the, the feeling from Manchester City fans is, despite the, the prioritization of silverware in the remaining t- tournaments that they have where they can actually win, uh, that is going to be up against the Pep wanting to keep the players fresh or wanting to keep the rhythm going, I should say. Yes, there's going to be rotation. Yes, you, know, you might not get the full amount of minutes from some of these guys. However, uh, Does it matter? Raheem Sterling may not, it may not matter for him as much. Pep, again, singling Raheem Sterling out this week to talk about how essential uh, what they're trying to do uh, how much it goes through him. Ryan. I don't want to not talk about Mikhail Antonio. I just want to start there because I feel sure. like this is, there is hardly a bigger decision as we go into week 36, as Dave, as you and I have already talked about this, is in terms of strategy, everyone's strategy is, is now with a Manchester City team that appears to be uh, ruthless and hungry for goals. And with easily the best schedule of the of the remaining three matches as we sit here right now, home to Bournemouth, at Watford, and home to Norwich. There is no better set of matches for any club than them. So the question entirely is, where are you willing to risk? Do you want to even attempt to guess at, the ro- at, at rotation or lineups uh, with this Manchester City team for the next three weeks? I am nervous because I am going to play Pep Roulette this week. I am going to free hit. Okay. As I feel like the matchups, even though I know, I know, 38 tends to be a high-scoring week, mm-hmm. one of the highest of the year. But the matchups this week between three or four teams seem too juicy to miss. I think, and Brian, you and I talked about this the other day, I am probably going to free hit, which means I need to do that tonight and or tomorrow morning right. as to not screw this up like I did a couple weeks ago yeah. and miss a deadline. Yeah. Um, That's my strategy. I want to pose <laughs> this to you. Yes. Given three players, mm-hmm. Raheem Sterling, Anthony Martial, and Bruno Fernandez, who do you think has scored the most points in the last five matches? Um. I'm gonna I'm gonna do what most people do and stay safe and just say Bruno Fernandez. Okay, Scott. What are my options again? Bruno Fernandez, Raheem Sterling, Anthony and Martial. Anthony Martial. In, in what span of time? The last five weeks. Bruno has probably been the most consistent, but 
Martial and Sterling have scored more goals. I'm going to go with Martial. You are correct. Wow. It's it's Anthony Martial has been Anthony been Martial so has good. outscored Sterling by seven points and Bruno yeah. by five. His twenty one is what's throwing that way over the top. Even what's with even me? with Sterling's twenty one. So uh, I captained Saturday. Anthony Martial. Just just let me let me cry this week? for a minute. No. Oh oh. Okay. I captained him uh, for Bournemouth. I had a great week that week. Okay. Uh, wasn't crying about that. I screwed up. But it wasn't a complete screw up, and left. I mean, that's the deadline I missed, and ended up captaining him for thirty four. Okay, and so he only got a six. But it wasn't. It wasn't the end of the world. You got something. I did. You I can't did get be some, mad about getting something. Understood. But I, the other options were gonna not be him. Okay. Now the, I know how dumb that sounds. My option was not gonna be him. Okay. And it worked out, thankfully. But I want to make sure it doesn't happen. I I can understand you not wanting to make a mistake. Going into the next week, though, furthering that free hit talk, mm-hmm. I think I want three United players, three City players, three Chelsea players. That's going to be hard to do with – I'm assuming you're going to want a – you would have to make a defender out of that. Right, you know, and I probably would go with like a Aaron Wambasaka. So in other okay. words, like like Chelsea and City's offensive matchups are too juicy to not want to get as much of it the, as you can. This is and so that well, I just not to go too far on the tangent here. I feel like that is the toughest thing about week thirty six in terms of matchups is that defensively, the the matchups you would have looked at a couple of weeks ago or even this coming coming into this week that you would have said, oh, that looks great. Chelsea gets to play home to Norwich. That's a shoe in, and then you look at how defensively frail they they look. Chelsea looks terrible. They defensively. Well, just this past game, right? Like they they, they, they had they, been looking really good. They had been looking a little better, but they're not. I wouldn't. You, you, would you say they're? I wouldn't say they looked good. No, they conceded to. They conceded against Villa. They they do a good job against Manchester City. You know, in the in the title winning game. You think the matchup against West Ham, you think, all right, that's good for them given their offense, their capabilities here. And they still give up three. They lose 3-2 at West Ham. They get the clean sheet against Watford, but then Crystal Palace, you think, oh, this is another good defensive matchup. Crystal Palace can't score anything, and they concede two goals to Crystal Palace. So, like, this come, and then they come into Sheffield and look absolutely dismal. They sub Pulisic off. I mean, I just, I mean, we, I, I just, as soon as he's off, I know there are plenty of people. There are lots of New Willian owners who got to be disappointed for ninety minutes instead of sixty-five. <laughs> so, I mean, it it just seems like that. You still look at the matchup and say you love the Chelsea home to Norwich matchup. Hopefully, Lampard has lit a fire under them. Uh, as a few Chelsea fans have pointed out, the criticisms that Lampard is laying into his team right now sound an awful lot like the same ones that Antonio Conte mm. has leveled at his players for not being mentally tough enough and mm. being able to compete. Wow. Even Mourinho at the end of his time was saying kind of the same thing. Like, this isn't new with, with, you know, with this Chelsea team. And then the other part of it that I'm sure Chelsea fans can really relate to is that uh, Kepa is... L- probably still going to be the goalkeeper uh, in the, in this match. It may not be, 
if if Frank has his way, you might see your guy back there, Dave. Who? Willie? Caballero. Your guy. He's my guy? Of course he's your guy. Just because we share the same haircut? That is the only reason. Okay. Good. I like it. What I'm saying is, like, are you enthused about a Chelsea defensive matchup here? You, no. I no, think no, no, you no. like, like you getting... like the attacking players, but you're not gonna, you're not going after like I don't even know that you're necessarily going after like Azpilicueta in that match. No, I still feel I don't know. I I think Look, I think Chelsea is going to come out with some vigor, and they are going to want to hammer down on every part of the pitch. Okay. Defensively and offensively, and just pound Norwich into their relegation oblivion. Similarly, you know, Manchester United today, you think they're at home to Southampton. Everyone knows Danny Ings is capable of nicking a goal anytime. Sure. But who picked 2 2 as the final there, especially after Manchester Without United? Without Ings getting one. Right. Seriously. 2-2, two, two, no Ings, and they concede a ridiculous goal ridiculously laid on. And even the goal they gave up in the first place. Like, I don't know that how many – I don't know how many people would have guessed that it's going to no. be Stuart Armstrong that, that, that scored like most, first. That was the most Arsenal thing that they could have done. Right. Uh, allowing that first goal. I just think even you know, City at home to Bournemouth, you say that's, that might be the safest of the – defensive matchups in 36. All of this to say, like, these teams that you would look at and say, I like these matchups. I like what they've done up to this point. Crystal Palace was pretty sturdy defensively a lot of this season. Uh, I would I would say Everton. It was like maybe Everton can turn a corner here. Newcastle wow. was looking got pretty... St- demolished right. last game. Every single team in this entire list, like, other than Wolves and probably Burnley, I don't know that there's another defense that you look at here and just say, yeah, uh, I'm going to be really happy about their defensive right. people. So, Maybe Sheffield. So Wolves and Burnley are playing each other. Right. What are the chances that that's nil-nil? I feel like it's 1-1. You think You think each, each, Chris Wood and him It was 1-1 earlier this season. And I just keep thinking, yeah, Jay Rodriguez and a Jimenez penalty. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like It just has that right. feeling of like, they both have; they're both capable. You like both of their defenses. You like that both of them are capable. Wolves, way, wolves are more capable offensively. But like, I'm just saying, even going out. So week 37, week 38, the rest of the way. That's I. I just feel like there are so many of these teams where I, I don't know what you like. You would have looked at this a few weeks ago and thought week 36, Everton are playing home to Aston Villa. Got to get me some Everton defenders in there. Now, no, thank you. Not, I don't know that you want one. I don't even know that you would free him. I wonder, Dina though, if in. they got – look, look. We know how this can change week to week. On the surface, you look at that and think, I don't want any Everton players. Everton went out and just got embarrassed. I mean, completely schlacked. The thing and is, I though, just wonder if they, they don't come out motivated – after after sitting on being embarrassed for a few but days. What midfielders are they bringing out to help them not have a bad midfield? I guess that's that. I mean, <clears throat> I get it. That's the. I think that's the frustrating thing with some of these teams that Everton doesn't have anything really to play for. They've been exposed in their worst parts, yep. and so they're completely safe. So it's not like there is. There's no danger of them. They they had no shot at Europe. They have no danger of relegation. I mean, you're right. And they are so weak. 
the, the, who who Bernard Gilfy who is at the end of yeah. Everton. Yeah. No, I know. It's a good point. I'm just saying Villa Villa Where's showed Where's Andre Gomez? He's there, but he uh What's he, he doing? A, is he playing? Is he Yeah, he was there. Is he, he picking his He notice? had a knock. He and Mason Holgate are both ifs Not. for this coming this Jeez. coming week. Anyway, can well, we get back to Mikhail Antonio? Because he was the second part of Scott's sure. original comment. Go wow. ahead. That was like forty minutes ago. I, I just like, I'm just I, I just want to get th- we just need to weave through some strategy there. That's all. Understood. Mikhail Antonio, what a stud. I wait, wish wait, wait, wait. I haven't been able to say this in a long time. Okay. Didn't he score a quarter pounder? Yes, he did. He did. He did get a quarter pounder. I might even say he scored a quarter pounder with bacon. <laughs> He, Man, he, he, I should have. That dude, I, I in one game, like, is in the running for the golden boot. Why didn't I listen to my love? This is one of the few times where my heart was was right. Was right, Brian. Yeah. You, number one, you literally are wearing a "I Love Mikhail Antonio" T-shirt. I wish that was um, true. But and yes. then also, uh, like three or four weeks ago, you said honestly, and I don't know if this was an exact quote, but it's close. Honestly, what we should probably all do is just look at the schedule and transfer in the offensive players that are playing Norwich. If someone has done that, they would be cruising right now. Mikhail Antonio, we referenced it last week in the pod. There are no forwards listed on the FPL website for West Ham until like the fourth page, well, which Sebastian is horribly Allaire. rare. Allaire is back now. Last but week he was the guy. But right. bottom line is, Mikel Antonio is playing striker for them, and it's mm-hmm. only him. And he was Norwich's worst nightmare. And Alaire is was back. You know, he has been back. It's not like he's he's not gone completely. And they have the thing that the thing about West Ham, uh, even coming into so they played Saturday. I think there was plenty of people who recognized just because of how good Antonio had been. He was pretty unlucky. He's snapped the bar in half against Burnley. Burnley yet again, another lucky clean sheet two weeks ago. And then and then this past week, I mean, just because Antonio had been so good since the restart, it seemed like it's it's one of those that just there, there's a few of these that we have left this season where it's like it just seems too good to be true. It seems so obvious. I have no choice but to go after it. And West Ham playing against already relegated Norwich with Mikel Antonio on fire, just seemed so, it just seemed so obvious. I know. I wanted, one of the moves, I'm sure plenty of people that thought about buying Antonio, my, my move would have been to sub out, I would have, I, it would have been a hit for a hit to sell Mares to bring in Mikel Antonio. Mm. And just looking at that on paper ahead of the matchup, I just thought, I, I feel like that's four points that I'm throwing away. Sure. And instead, I'm an idiot <laughs> for not doing. You know what I mean? Like it's one yeah. of those things afterwards where I can say, "Well, I definitely considered it, but I just, I just did. I just couldn't make myself do it." Now you have they played Saturday against Norwich. West Ham don't play Watford until Friday, so it's a long nearly break. a full week off until that relegation six pointer. That is a huge match. Game. Yeah. And then week 37, so then they play Friday. They don't play again until the following Wednesday. So 
they have so many days off. And then, of course, the biggest break is between weeks 37 and 38. There is almost no one more motivated than Mikhail Antonio to do anything right now. West Ham is, is just as safe as Watford, which is not safe. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right. Those two, te- they have the most to play for. That, that might be the best match of the week is West Ham home to Watford on Friday the 17th. When both of those clubs won, they had to feel a little safe. And then all of a sudden, yeah. Bournemouth and Aston Villa both win, mm-hmm. and this battle rages on. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that here in a second. Let, let, uh, let me Did you, you buy Antonio? No. Okay. I, I heard the regret in there. Well, okay, so I have nothing left to play for. I don't care. Okay. So, so you should be taking minus 32s every week. <laughs> I'm, so I might go minus 8, depending on what you answer. Okay, okay, yes, right yes, now. yes. All right, so I already have Pulisic. Okay. Would you transfer out KDB for Raheem Sterling? I have the money. Based on form and fire, I would say yes. I would say this. You, you, you referenced the golden boot earlier and Sterling might have a shot at it. He now has 17 goals for the season. Yeah. Jamie Vardy 23 and, Lester, and Lester has officially fallen off of whatever the same they fell off the same cliff that Everton did. Understood. And and Aubameyang 20 goals. Aubameyang I don't know if any Aubameyang I feel like has the better shot at it given their last two. Weeks. I'm just saying that like that's six goals in 3 weeks. Even for the mighty, almighty Raheem Sterling, seems a bit stiff, assuming no one else scores anything. They play Bournemouth and Norwich at home. That's fair enough. All right. In 36 and 38. I Look, it's going to be, I feel like that is one of the biggest rolls of the dice for week 36. If it's a roll of the dice in 36, it might be a, an even bigger roll on 37. I'm just saying, like, it's so hard to say. But we know already that he there's only been one time he he sat completely one match since the restart. He's gotten minutes and KDB's played a little bit more. I I, I one more I, thing. To me, and, I, if and there was a guy you were gonna risk it on, I wouldn't risk it on anyone uh, other than Sterling or Salah. Right, and now, we could talk about Salah in a little Salah bit. Salah looks like he wants some goals too. Yes. And so that's the other thing. I, that those are kind of the only two guys that I would say. Salah's if I was not gonna, sitting like the others are. No, and he seems like he is also interested in the golden boot, he even does. even if he's even if the rest of the team has set it to somewhere between third and fourth gear. Now, somewhere between one more question here beach. about Manchester City, and I swear it's relevant. All okay. right. Big ruling came out today. Yeah, biggest win of the year. Financial fair play died City, today. It might have died. Manchester City. It's got this another discussion, but it's a good one. I don't know if we're going to yeah, get into it. Yeah, but you know what? It. You Which, want to be a part of that discussion? Join we, our Slack workspace by right. contributing to our podcast on a monthly basis. Listen, we don't want you to do it because we're guilting you into it. We want you to want to support our podcast. We're thankful to those who do. Honestly, we're just three dudes having some fun, and if you have that ability to do so, we would love yeah. to you know for for you to to you know direct some of that our way. But listen, I want my had... I want my kids to want to do the dishes. <laughs> Mine do. Nice. What are you doing wrong? Uh, They're too short. Your kids need to hang out with. Your <laughs> Mine kids, are older. Mine your are kids need older. to hang out with my kids more. My okay. kids are a little older. But yeah. listen, I 
I hear that. But we've had some great discussions about, obviously, the racism and social media that, yeah. that has happened. Uh, in this, in Slack, yeah. Very serious stuff. Um, we've been discussing, um, what was the thing we were just talking about? Financial before? fair play. Yeah, Manchester City. Just in the last 24 hours, we've been discussing those two things. It's been some heavy like, stuff. We have different... They have different channels for different things, and everyone, you yep. know, channel integrity. It's a, it's honestly a place where we can have adult conversations about adult content matter. Yeah, and and that's not the the cursing we were referencing at the top. Of the no, show, like no, actual, no, no, actual like heavy content matter. Right. <laughs> uh, we want it. It's basically everything that we can't fit into an hour or hour and a half show no during the week. It's ongoing throughout the week. So, anyway, quick plug for that. But, yes, yeah, City is not going to be banned from the Champions League next year. So, I say all that to say this. They're in the Champions League. At this point, they, the silverware they have in front of them is the FA Cup. So, Brian, my concern is, going into this week, if I'm going to free hit this week, again, because I, I love the matchups for a few offensive teams that are hot right now, mm-hmm. And if I do it this week, my concern is what city players do I go with? Because are they prioritizing the game with Arsenal at the weekend? That, that's my. I think that's a that huge I think that is why the fear for a lot of people is that if anyone is is due a sit, it is KDB. They will need his motor more than anyone's motor. He I, he's probably most valuable player to that team. Probably, I, I would think. Yeah, uh, when he wasn't like, playing against Southampton, they lost that match. By the way, yeah, I just think I just think the minutes. I mean, you can you can go look at the minutes. You know who didn't like you know Phil Foden has a substitute appearance here. Mares and Sterling end up playing the full ninety uh, against Brighton, which you know I think for for me as a Mares owner and as a Sterling owner, I look at that and say they're probably not starting at Bournemouth. Yeah, right? on any other time, I would have said. Probably not starting against Bournemouth. Then you look at it and say, "Well, who's hungry for goals?" <laughs> you know, this yeah, is this, this is, is a, pep roulette. It is pep roulette, but you know, this is yet again. You know, this is the minutes have been managed well up to this point. They have a they have three days off, so this is not like in a normal season. Maybe he doesn't play as much. Maybe he plays fifty-eight minutes. Maybe he gets to this to the hour mark or whatever against Bournemouth. Even if he came on and played for thirty minutes, like he or or less than thirty minutes, Sterling is one of those guys that obviously now, uh, you know, he's motivated to get goals. He's motivated, and Pep obviously wants him. You know, if he's got his guy firing, you need your guy firing. Because you got Arsenal okay. coming up. What I'm saying is, like, David Silva. Are you playing him on the David, weekend? I mean, are you playing him against Bournemouth? As, as of right this minute, yeah, I am. And I'll have to really seriously consider whether or not I'm captaining him again. D- David Silva, 26 minutes off the bench. This is a guy who has, I like been, David Silva who has been outstanding on, since in this the match, restart. He's outstanding. He, did, he only played him. Uh, he only scores a one here against, uh, you know, against. Uh, who, who else subbed against Did Brighton. Bernardo start? Or did he get subbed off? Bernardo was good. Match. Bernardo played he played the full 90 as well. So I think that's one of those guys that Bernardo, Mares for sure. I would think you don't see either one of them start. You probably see starts for I would say almost definitely for Foden. You probably see a start for uh for David Silva. I'd say that's a the, that those guys are kind of shoe-ins. The question is, 
Does Sterling run out again? Is DeBrown run out? It sure feels like he's going to run out again. Is Jesus going to start again? Probably. Jesus, Jesus gets 63 minutes, a goal and two assists. Uh, yet another guy who I think, like we talked about it, I'm sure plenty of people have kicked it around whether or not they should get it, get him after, especially after Aguero's injury. And he's had almost, I, I don't know that there's many people, I think it might be only Antonio and Salah who have had more shots, big chances. Yeah, he's had 15 shots and six big chances since the re- or in the last three weeks. Well, in the Jesus. last in the last two weeks. So in in the first uh, three games, well, in the last five weeks, he's had a one one one, and then and I say weeks meaning match weeks. Right. Uh, eight and a fourteen in his last two. He's coming in hot. Right. And what I'm saying is, like, even in the last three weeks, even th- three three matches ago. He finishes with a one in a game where he had so many touches in the box. He was one of the most active City players. It's a guy, like, yet again, a guy that you say probably is unlucky in that game. In the last two weeks, he's kind of capitalized on the multitude of chances. He's only had four shots on target, which is weird, considering he's taken more shots. He's had 27 touches in the opposition box, which is the third most in the Premier League. Only Salah and Antonio have had more than him in the last three weeks. So he's not, like, I think probably a lot of people would say typically not clinical Jesus here. But in this team running this way, I don't really see a downside to it. I want him to be that active. You know what I mean? So as of now, I have a negative eight set up in my lineup. Okay. This is what I would be doing. TAA, Foden, and St. Maximin. Okay. Out. All right. I decided last week I was going to start getting out of the Liverpool game. Okay. I sold Mane. Now I'd be getting out of the TAA. In place of those three guys, TAA, Foden, and St. Maximan, I'd be bringing in Antonio, Willian, and Jane, and uh, Tarkowski. For this coming week? Yeah. That's not bad. No. I like Tarkowski's chance of a clean sheet probably better than TAA's. Do you have any idea what Tarkowski's last five are? It's ridiculous. Six, I know. Six five eleven five six. Yeah, he's been ridiculous. He's crept um, up into the top sheet of like the top six. I yeah, think, are there any defenders scorings. that any of you guys are excited about right now? No, that's why no. I'm saying I just I don't like them. I don't like any of the matchups. I think that's why I'm saying I think Sheffield, Burnley, and Wolves. You could make a case here at the end of the season have maintained. Sheffield had to pick it back up. I was gonna say. Sheffield I got off the like, Sheffield right. train. Sheffield looked like the they last had dropped week, off. The last calendar week, boy, they picked it up. Right. So you like those? I think those are the those are the defenders, the goalkeepers for sure. Especially the last two weeks, weeks thirty-seven and week you know week thirty-seven and thirty-eight. Burnley Burnley play at Norwich, and then home to Brighton. Uh, those are nearly guaranteed to clean sheets, I would imagine. So. Definitely week 37, everyone already owns Nick Pope. The question is, and I, I own Charlie Taylor, and he's a very popular bench player for most people. He's about to not be a bench player for anyone. Yeah, Playing three Burnley players, three Burnley defenders is viable strategy, and that's with Jay Rodriguez not being able to kick wrong right now. You have to think about whether or not you want to make your third Burnley player Jay Rodriguez. Ouch. Jay Rod is on fire right now. He is. Um, he scored the goal that led to the draw with Liverpool, 1-1, in 
the weekend. I want you to elaborate now in a new segment we like to call Scott Does Not Like Liverpool Anymore. <laughs> <laughs> not true, by the way. As Go a non fan, Scott, uh, you are yeah. out of the Liverpool business. What is your concern since we have addressed this in previous weeks? Mm-hmm. And like you, I cannot, I could not bring myself to sell Trent Alexander Arnold. Mm-hmm. And it has, like most people, it has cost me. Yes. Uh, two weeks ago, I made easily the best move of my of the season. Too little, too late, as usual, mm-hmm. uh, to to swap Mane for Sterling. So nice. that that amount of that net positive has been the thing that makes Incredible. me makes me feel good. That is the only thing other than my family that makes me feel. Good. <laughs> so, <laughs> what I'm saying is. I don't know that there's been a more I one of if not the unluckiest easily one of the top 3 unluckiest guys here in the past few weeks has been Mo Salah. Yeah. Mo Salah probably should have had 18 more against Burnley if not for Nick Pope. So Mane, I get it. Uh, Mane saves everyone 3 weeks ago with a late goal. Uh Two weeks ago, does not play or gets ends up with a zero, I think. And then this past week, uh, again, does nothing. So you are content with no one from Liverpool. Tell us why. I, I just think right now my strategy is to go to something that's going to be a little bit more sure. There are very few sure things right now in the Premier League. We saw an example of that today as we're sitting here on Monday night just – the you know, thirty-five plus just ended with United two, Southampton two. Uh, but one thing is for sure: unlike Manchester City players who are automatons in their output, Liverpool consists of human players, human players who know they've won the title and can't help but feel a little bit of a letdown as a result of that. Plus, Klopp is doing a little bit, but in a much smarter way than I wanted. <laughs> he's, he's doing a little bit of what I wanted to see, which is to implement some rotation, introduce some kids, and, and rotate this squad a little bit. A lot of the key guys are playing either 60 or 30 minutes on a rotation. Some of the, some of the kid kids, Curtis Jones, Nico Williams, they're getting some solid, valuable minutes of experience here. And not only that... I know that the results aren't great right now, but something tells me that in November, Liverpool is going to be thrilled with what they're doing right now, getting guys to play together that aren't used to playing together from the A team and the B team in this squad. We've all seen it. For whatever reason, rotation just makes a club struggle. It just does. And if these guys can get used to playing with one another, Liverpool has a clear A team. They have a definite 11 that is their A team when they are all healthy and Klopp wants to put his best lineup out there. He definitely has that. But you can't do that twice a week for nine months. You just can't. And so he is doing good things to try to mix and match and get and get the you know key contributors who are on the bench in there too. Guys like Milner and Kada. And I mean put Jones and Williams, the babies, in there. Yeah. Um, you know, all these guys who are you know, Ox Oxley Chamberlain is is not in the top eleven, but he's a key valuable member. I don't know if Origi's going to be with the club or not, but you know he's in there too. All these guys they've got to get used to playing with one another in these big matches, and so he's doing it in a really smart way. Now for fantasy, I want nothing to do with that. 
I don't want anything to do with the human letdown, you know, the human nature that's involved in knowing we've won the title. These are when when Liverpool drew with Burnley on the weekend. I was a little sad for about four seconds, and after four seconds, do you want to know what I thought? This is basically an exhibition match anyway, at least for Liverpool. Yeah. And that's the way that it's going to be. I'm watching the Guard of Honor at the beginning because I've wanted for 15 years of Liverpool fandom to have Liverpool get Guards of Honor. They're getting seven of them this season, which is amazing. I'm watching the Guard of Honor at the beginning, and then the rest of it's exhibition. It's fun. It's preseason NFL football. And we'll see. We'll see what happens. But for fantasy purposes, I don't want anything to do with that. I'd much rather go to the clubs that are fighting for something. Obviously, I don't know what it is that City's fighting for, but again, they're not—they're not human. They're machines. Well, uh, they're pet machines. So that's—that's yeah, that's fine. I can stay with KDB, Chelsea. I'm going to stick there, right? And especially as they go into Norwich now, I know 36 plus. Well, so wait, go back to Chelsea for a second because Chelsea plays at Liverpool in Week 37. So definitely, by the time you hear this, we'll know exactly what Chelsea, what mindset Chelsea had going into Norwich. We'll know the result of that. Are gonna, you, are, as, a pol- as a Polisic owner mm-hmm. going into week 37, are you selling? Are you benching Polisic? Are you concerned at all about Chelsea having to play at Liverpool? No, I think Chelsea will score on Liverpool. Okay. Polisic is going to score against Liverpool. I guess that's the question. This, just is, this is a two-bourbon pod, if you couldn't hear that pour just now in the background. Like, I, I'm just... Oh, back up that question. I wasn't no, I, I'm just... No, I'm I'm looking at, like, are you concerned I'm about... bringing in William for Norwich. Okay. And this is a permanent transfer. This is not a free hit. This is a... Not a free hit. You're going to transfer in William, and yeah. you will own William and Polisic for Norwich. This is where I put in the disclaimer again that my season doesn't matter anymore. Okay. But yes, I'm going all in on Chelsea playing Norwich. Unhappy well, Chelsea having dropped points... Right. Going against Norwich. I'm triple captaining someone. You're going to help me with either William or Pulisic against Norwich here during this pod. Scott, it's a good move. I currently have just been quietly sitting over here working on my free hit team. I I did the same thing earlier. Um, (laughs) My midfield at the moment, William, Pulisic. Why do you do that? And Giroud, because it's just fun to say. Why not? It's wrong. So what? Arlo White says wrong (laughs) all the time. The, yeah. NB, the NBC pronunciation guide says wrong <laughs> all the time. Don't forget to censor that. I hope I will. If not, I owe you. <laughs> I owe you. No, you owe the fathers. I owe you a curse. You owe the parents in this podcast. Look, my midfield and- currently look is William and Pulisic, David Silva, David Silva, okay. Raheem Sterling, and Bruno. Okay. My front line is Giroud, Greenwood, and Jesus. Okay. My back line is completely Wolves and Burnley along with my keepers. Okay. Why not? I'm hoping. Right, I think. Nil-nil draw? Yes. <laughs> Mutually assured destruction there. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah. Watford and West Ham could be the same, here's the, the thing that Here's the thing that makes me nervous about Wolves. Wolves... Wolves are more apt to go for this than Burnley is. Wolves have a shot at at top four. at top four. I know they they are not just in this to not lose anymore. Okay. Um, I meant and, to mention this earlier when you brought up West Ham and Watford. And I both those clubs need a point. They need it. Yes, they ab. No one wants to lose one, that one, game. One one, if not nil nil. I'd put money on one of those two results. Probably one one because I don't think you can keep Antonio out. 
And someone on Watford's going to give Troy Deeney a chance at a penalty. I just don't think that either of those teams defensively have anything at all to offer whatsoever. The only thing will be a gentleman's agreement that will, that will, <laughs> right. that will keep them from dropping points. Those aren't legal, Brian, just to be clear. I, I just think like that's that's what makes me nervous about like I I would yeah I mean in a different week maybe you look at it and after after a really good result for West Ham like Fabianski might not be a bad shout this this week and and then you know not against Manchester United I don't think but last week of the season depending on where Villa is West Ham plays home to Aston Villa you might have a relegated Aston Villa playing at West Ham in the last week of the season so I this is like there, there is some usefulness, I think, to the attacking players. I just really wonder, especially this week, Burnley, Burnley hosting Wolves is just—I don't know. I'm just saying, like, this is a good example of. There's not anything that you look at. I, I just don't see that as all that enticing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I understand why With Wolves defense or Burnley defense. Week 37, Wolves playing home to Crystal Palace. Give me three. Well, give me Patricio, Doherty, and Johnny, or Saiz okay, and Brian, Doherty. You're free hitting, right? I don't know how I won't. Okay, so what clubs are you gravitating toward? Well, that's why I'm trying to decide. I feel like the necessity is in the attacking players. So right now it's. It uh, is. You're right. So right now it is Chelsea City. Chel- Chelsea, but I don't have a ton of Chelsea. That's the thing. And I would probably go with a. I would probably do a three-five-two formation here. So okay. my defenders, I just see as almost irrelevant in this equation, because my midfield would be Sterling, Salah, Martial, Pulisic, and David Silva, with a with two strikers, Jesus and Rashford. So I like. I'm just looking at all of those guys, thinking of like, Salah is goal hungry. He wants a He's, boot. He's 90 minutes every week. He's making the lineups, not Klopp anymore. And and <laughs> Salah's not going to take himself out. It's He's LeBron Jamesing his lineup every every week. I don't think that's true. Martial, there's, there's no Martial that's true. and Rashford, it's not because I don't want Bruno. It's that, it's that Rashford has been way underperforming his stats up until today. Yeah, those expected stats. And he finally, the expected stats caught up with him. And the expected stats caught up a little bit with Mason Greenwood, who looked like he could barely get a touch today. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying that that can't, like, that that's not, like, any of those guys, we've seen it already. All four of those guys can have a good week in, in, any, in any match. So Crystal Palace, playing against Crystal Palace, a match where, you know, Palace is one of the, like, defensively has just gone to complete crap. Yeah. And and Manchester United after this embarrassment, like I just think I want more of the attacking force here. Plus, I don't know that you're necessarily going to get a Bruno penalty the next time there's a penalty for Manchester United. I think that isn't. I think that's another question, whether or not it will be he or Rashford that take it. Or Pogba. Or Pogba. Pogba sacrificed himself a little bit by playing super deep at the start of this match. It didn't go well. Yeah, and the thing, even then with Chelsea, you know, like. Either Tammy Abraham or Giroud. I think if I, you know, if I had to pick one, it would be Giroud, based that's, on the that's fact ballsy, that. That's by the way, Chelsea striker. The, it's they're interchangeable at this point. Well, but he didn't Abraham's play. Abraham's done nothing. But and Giroud only played twenty-seven minutes or whatever like he that. He did score. I, Tammy Abraham scored over the weekend. 
Not against Sheffield. Mm. Tammy, Tammy has sure. had. He, I'm sorry, it was it was midweek against Crystal Palace. He came off the bench and scored. Yeah, Tammy, Tammy has done something since the restart, just not nearly enough, and it, definitely not enough for for. Giroud's been the better forward, but the two guys are essentially interchangeable. If I was going to bet on one for this for Norwich, it would be Giroud. Uh, here's a good stat for you, if you would like to add this to your. Uh, not like you need to, a reason to like um, Chelsea anymore for the Norwich match, but uh, no team has given up more goals from set pieces than Norwich for the season. Sixteen goals conceded from set pieces. To me, say Rudiger gets a start again, which he probably should. He probably should have started against Sheffield, but say Rudiger gets a start against Norwich. Rudiger could be a guy that benefits from the Norwich match. Do you know what I'm saying? Like Giroud seems way more primed for that particular role. He seems to, you know, I think Chelsea fans seem to say this almost every time, is that Giroud seems like he incorporates the players beside him better yeah. than Tammy does. Yeah. So well, just something that, I mean, not and this, like I said, this is neither here nor there for people who are, Hearing this, I think that by the time you're getting to week 37, you're gonna know how we did. <laughs> right, you'll know how we did, and but you'll have. I feel like Chelsea is one of the biggest question marks after after, after this, this week. week because you have Liverpool away and then, and then Wolves at home. Like I, you just look at both of those matchups and think, well, it's still Liverpool, even if it's yeah, even if it's, it's crowned champion Liverpool. So. I don't know. I'm a little hesitant to go, kind of go all in on those guys. All the more reason to go all in on a free hit. Yeah, I think, <laughs> well, look, for me, the issue was more, I, I couldn't bench boost this week. There's no way I could make a team that I'm okay with trying to get the bench points. And I just don't, I'm not comfortable. The guy I want to captain and triple captain more than anyone is Raheem. I want yeah. Raheem Sterling. But but you're nervous about this week. Week 38, he plays Norwich at home yes. on a week's rest with smells, a week with a week and a half to go like before the Champions triple League. Triple captain. So that's why I'm Incoming saying triple I, to captain, me that's Raheem another Sterling. one that's change my strategy. No, I don't want you to change your strategy. I want I'm going to free hit now for tomorrow. Listen, <laughs> I'm just saying that Raheem Sterling triple captain 38 or Pulisic here. slash Willian triple captain for 36. Here, let me go through the Which list. One? Here, let's strategize this for a second. Okay. This is legitimate long-term strategy for everybody. And Great. this is part of the reason why I've talked myself into free hitting, I think. Conventional wisdom out there has seemed to lean heavily toward free hitting in 38 uh -huh. for the reason that you know the you might know the lineups ahead of time. You'll know who has what to play for. Week 38 tends to be a goal fest. Let's go through the list. Arsenal play home to Watford. On paper, great matchup. Who hates Arsenal more than anyone? Watford. Troy Deeney. Troy Deeney alone hates Arsenal more than anyone. That, that to me, is such a trap of a game. <laughs> I would still want Aubameyang if I'm, a, if I'm playing Week 38. I would want to, and I would, right now, would actively try to get Aubameyang for that game. However, it's Watford. It's not like, to me, that is not like a... They could be fighting for something. Right, so we by by but we don't know right now. Burnley play home to Brighton. You love that one. I think yeah, everybody really loves that one. Mm -hmm. Brighton has they're capable, but what are they going to do? They're going to be at the beach. Chelsea play home to Wolves. 
who had like that is a game where both teams are have something to play for. That is one of the probably the most important games for Europe left on the calendar. Is Chelsea home to Wolves? Yeah. That's not good. That, you don't think that'll be tight? That'll be really tight. And he, everyone will be worried about making a mistake. It will feel like a Champions League final, if you know what I mean. Champions League yeah. finals yeah, yeah, yeah. typically are not high scoring. They're yeah. usually tight until there's a goal. Spurs got a great result this weekend. We can talk about that in a minute. But Spurs in week 38 play at Crystal Palace. Again, on paper, Spurs, you like it, but not this Spurs team necessarily. Yeah. They might need the result. If they can get a couple more, if they can win, you know, if they win this week against Newcastle. Mourinho has already said they're fighting for Europa League. So, that, like, that. And that's I, it. That's that's all he's going for. Maybe you want Sun. That's all he can get. Maybe you want Sun in that game. Maybe, maybe, if you have the money and you want to splash expensive, you go for Kane. But that's not that's not great, given Spurs' form. Everton play home to probably relegated Bournemouth at that point. What is what do you like about that? Nothing. What about Everton <laughs> excites you at this point? Nothing. No, that's 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 nothing. Leicester at the beach playing home to Manchester United. Even a at the beach Leicester team. What, what are you certain that that's not going to be an important match? It might be. That's what I'm saying. Like that that's not what I'm saying is that's not great. You can't predict it. Manchester City home to Norwich. By far, the only match that you look at and say you're nearly you're nearly assured of all of the big guns playing. What three? Exactly. That's the question. You probably yeah. tried to have Sterling, Jesus, and KDB as your Manchester City players. Lots of people again talking about David Silva for that for week thirty eight. No, his last his, match. His last match. Yes. Right. So that you saves you some money. You, you might have a guy who has been as advanced or more advanced than Sterling or Jesus whenever he plays. Newcastle play home to Liverpool. What does Liverpool have to do in week 38 other than Salah try to win the golden boot? Nothing. Maybe you want Salah in that game. Southampton home to Sheffield. I don't – I mean, what? who do you like? Sheffield players there? Do you like Ings? Playing Sheffield's against Sheffield? playing for top four there. Right. But but Hassan Hoodle, Southampton's had nothing to play for. And they, they is, beat City. Right. They beat and City. And they drew, last second drew United today. At Old Trafford. Yeah. Right. This is a Southampton team that is not quitting. Like, they don't want to lose. And South, and Sheffield's not built for goals anyway. It just is like, there's not a lot to love about that. And then West Ham plays home to Aston Villa. So maybe they're... You like Antonio Mm, again. Maybe at that point you know that Villa is relegated or whatever. I'm just saying, after all of that, I'm just saying week 38 has a lot more question question marks marks right now than looking at week 36 where you say, when we by the time you hear this, you will know. Chelsea has played Norwich. Manchester City has played home to Bournemouth. Manchester United has played at Crystal Palace. Like, you know that there you could play nine players in those three matches and probably feel pretty good about it. Meanwhile, you can play all the big guns because discount defenders is all you're really going for here. Right. There are no great defenders right now. Clean sheet defenders is really all you're trying to guess with that. All right. Well, yeah. listen, if nothing else, 
First of all, I'm going to put some social media out there so that people can hear some of this. By the time you hear this, you'll know if this was good or not. But this is this is how we're strategizing our lineups. And I have no doubt if you're paying any attention, which if you're listening to this podcast, you probably are. If you're paying any attention to how to set your lineups, this is what you're doing as well. So we are giving you an insight, a little bit of a picture into how to finish this season as strongly as possible. I feel like we did it a few weeks ago where we kind of went down through and just casually named off the teams that it seemed like oh these they have something to play for. That is sure. the que- that's the question every year. At the end of the year, who's got what to play for? You can be fairly you know, I think until this past maybe the past 2 weeks you would have said Leicester still have plenty to play for. They still do. They still have a lot to play for now, Just but can't find it. They can't yeah, because they lost their they lost their most creative players easily. And they lost all three of them at the almost the exact same time. They have run this almost the entire restart. They already knew they were going to be without Ricardo Pereira, who is who is a, a beast. Then you lose Ben Chilwell a few weeks ago, and you lose James Madison at the same time. You wonder why Jamie Vardy is not necessarily getting the service that he needs for some of this stuff, despite the fact that he's one of like he's gone prolific in the last three matches. He has the second. He's taken fourteen shots in the last three matches. Jamie Vardy. It's the second most for anyone that's a forward. And you just think, do you feel confident about Jamie Vardy in any match outside of the fact that he's Jamie Vardy and can toe poke something home somewhere? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, it just seems like you know that Leicester's got a lot to play for. United, Chelsea, Wolves, Sheffield. I guess Spurs a little bit. It's kind of the same. It's kind of that same stable of people. Like you can trust that they, at, at the minimum, they're going to roll out their best players. Beyond that, it's relegation battle. So it just seems like there's so many question marks for for a lot of these things. Week 38 just does not, for me, does not seem like the best possible time to be able to say, I get to choose my lineup to make it the optimal squad. It's like, well, which match? Which thing really jumps out to you other than City playing home to Norwich? If it's as unpredictable in 38 as you are sort of laying the groundwork for, it's going to make for a fascinating conclusion to a lot of FPL mini leagues, that's yeah. for sure. You're dang right. Uh, but you know what? Son of a bitch, <laughs> Brian. You've convinced me to completely change my strategy. Listen. 36, I'm free hitting. 38, I'm triple captaining. Someone on City, it's going to happen. I'm doing it. Here, here what... I feel like what happens to me every year is there gets to be a point where I know the the it's just common, you know, it's just a I guess common knowledge, just a, a normal FPL adage. An adage for life really. Just don't overthink it. Right? <laughs> How many times would you just say don't overthink it? And I th- feel like there gets to a point every season where it's like I have no choice but to do this. Right. I am so pigeonholed into I either do it this way or I don't do it at all. And that's how I feel very much now at the end of this season. And so far, the points have really paid off. And this week has been the best easily by far for me, you know, c- comprehensively compared to the rest, you know, compared to the rest of the mini league and, you, you know, even in FPL wide. An 88 in a week where the average score is 42. It's great. Feels great. Oh, yeah. So, you know, hopefully it's more of the same next week. I would love to see that, you know, but either way, it just feels like... You do tend like to finish seasons well, Brian. It's There's the only, something about... <laughs> it's the only way I've played. You are, to May slash July, what 
Harry Kane isn't the August. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's definitely true. Yeah. Second half, uh, definitely from Christmas on, is um, is my better. It's Jessica my time. Prefer, it's my preferred time. But. Jessica time. All right, I'm going to go through my, what do I have? I have nine things from the weekend. Holy jeez. Uh, this will be quick, and uh, <laughs> a lot of our segments are going to be found in this, including Dave. I'm going to introduce into your Arsenal moment as well. Okay. All right, so number nine, first of all, the weekend began with Norwich City being the first club relegated out of the Premier League. Now, at the beginning of the season, as we do every season, we did special episodes for each of the three promoted clubs. And a lot of times what I do is write, and then on this ep- on the podcast I read a limerick about, about that club, something about that club as part of my unofficial incomplete club. Oh, yeah. Segment. Here comes more of that... that Filthiness. Uh, yeah, here Unfiltered, comes more. Unfiltered, uncensored more, filthiness. More of that. No, 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 no. Weeby filth. No, no, no. I don't have a limerick. Because oh. I went back and actually, after Norwich City were officially relegated, I went back and I actually listened to part of that Norwich City podcast that we had before the season began. And I did not do a limerick in that podcast. Really? Instead, I read some of the lyrics, the chorus, to the oldest lasting song sung by football fans, at least according to what I've read, in, in English football. Really? Yeah. It was called On the Ball City. Do you remember that? I absolutely now remember this. Well, I'm on the On the Ball City Wikipedia page, which means this could be like 70% accurate. Sure. But I thought in honor of Norwich City about to leave us for at least a year, uh, I'm going to read the full lyrics to this. It's a, it's a, it's a poem in all of its beauty. There, there are phrases in this that just have to be read Great. on a fantasy this, soccer podcast. This will be our, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Here I go. This is On the Ball City. In the days to call, which we've left behind, our boyhood's glorious game, and our youthful vigor is declined with its mirth and its lonesome end. You will think of the time, the happy time, its memories fond recall when in the bloom of your youthful prime you've kept upon the ball. Kick it off, throw it in, have a little scrimmage. Keep it low, a splendid rush. Bravo, win or die. On the ball, city, never mind the danger. Steady on, now's your chance. Hurrah, we've scored a goal. Let all tonight then drink with me to the football game we love and wish it may successful be as other games of old. And in one grand united toast, join player, game, and song and fondly pledge your pride and toast. Success to the city club. Kick off. Throw in. Have a little scrimmage. Keep it low. Splendid rush. Bravo, win or die. On the ball, city, never mind the danger. Steady on, now is your chance. Hurrah, we've scored a goal. City, city, city. Was that song playing that entire time? 
Yes, it I need was. to know now because I won't know. I know. <laughs> Un- understood. Yeah. I will have played it vaguely in the background. Yes. Well, good. This was the best way I could think to say goodbye for at least a year to North City. Uh, I hope North City is the kind of club that I feel like I could personally root for. Like, yeah. I could like if I lived in Norwich and I could root for like that's a club I could root for. That is a hometown club, if ever there was one. Yeah, sure they yo-yo between the top two leagues. But I, I could get behind that. Good good luck to them in the championship next year. Number eight, Liverpool dropped their first points at home in the league in 19 months. That doesn't even make sense. And I don't want to linger on this long. I'll just say I feel like that will probably be a record that will never be broken. That's, that is so and, um, crazy. I know they dropped points this past weekend, but for that length of time, that is incredible. And I felt like it was worthy of mentioning. Number seven, Troy Deeney did put in a brace of penalty kicks. We've discussed him already. That seemed like a highlight worth mentioning. Number six is Scott Stadden. Wait, can I do number seven about Troy Deeney? You want to go back to Troy Deeney? Well, just that it's the dumbest thing that happened for me, (laughs) even in a good week. I I like the matchup of Newcastle beginning to play Watford at home, given especially form and everything. And... uh, it's the stat that Newcastle had not conceded a penalty all season long, and they concede two to Watford. Wow! And so a two they could Newcastle could have doomed Watford a little bit had they kept up with their original pace in that match, but they did not. Uh, they Newcastled the end of it, and um, and it's dumb. Moving on. Number six is Scott's stat of the day. And now it's time for Scott's stat of the day. Stat of the day is the number 17. Specifically, 17%. 17%, Dave. You can probably guess which way it's going at least. Do you want to take a crack at it? 17% of Arsenal fouls are illegitimate. <laughs> Says the Arsenal fan on this podcast. Um, 17% is the season-long accuracy rating for VAR. That's got to be close. Well, 17%, 17% is the percentage of goals Brighton has given up this season to Manchester City. Yikes. They've only played them twice, and yet 17% of the goals Brighton have given up all season long were given up to Manchester City. That's a lot. It's wow. a lot of goals. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> Number five, we've already discussed it. It was VAR and Mamadou Sako's no goal. I just don't understand it. I never will. Number four, I'm giving out the Christian Benteke Wasteful Player of the Week Award. There were a lot of bad misses in the last seven calendar days. Did you give one to Marcus Rashford today? Oh, man. Well, that was more Ryan Bertrand, honestly. I give Ryan Bertrand a hustle play on that one. Rashford probably still should have finished it, but man. Anyways, keep going. Sorry. Only one person in the midst of all the wastefulness could come up with a way to be even more wasteful. Dare I say even reaching Ben Teke level wastefulness. Wow. And that is Christian Ben Teke himself. <laughs> I was going to say, I wondered if you were going to give it to him. Because yes. if you didn't do this, I was going to say we at least have to mention... Only Benteke could somehow manage to screw up no. the Benteke-ness of all of this. Oh, my gosh. 
That's fantastic. Tell the folks at home what he did. He got a red card after the cameras were all turned off. I couldn't even find a clip of what he did to get the red card because it happened after the match was completed. There was a little bit of a scuffle. There was an exchange of words. And for whatever reason, Benteke felt it necessary to kick out at someone. Which is like one of the lamest things. Like, yeah, he he like, and maybe he I and, believe in the wild wild west. Maybe he right. And, <laughs> so like, if Scott and I have beef, we don't have to necessarily draw guns. We're not but, dueling. But let's let's put on our white gloves and like you know fisticuffs. Do the, the old, old the old the old, the old school boxing <laughs> right? Like Benteke should have done that. No, instead he kicks yeah. out and of course gets an immediate red card after the game is over, which seems very silly. Even dumber than Sawyer and Choose. Well, I'm coming here, to story here. Uh, what's hilarious about Benteke is, um, out of all the players in uh, in the Premier League, Salah and Ant- Salah and Antonio have kind of dominated statistically, in the, at least in the last three weeks, but especially in the last two weeks. In terms of shots, do you know who is third in overall shots in the last two weeks? Benteke. Christian Benteke. Christian Benteke might you might even say. Historically, well, historically it's true, he's due for a goal. <laughs> but especially recently, the guy's been way more active. And you just think, man, you had your chance here. And now you don't get another chance the rest of this season. No. Happy trails, Christian Benteke. You've solidified your spot here. And your name is staying on that. <laughs> for Un- unbelievable. For another year at least. Uh, number three, Dave, I turn it over to you. Arsenal finish a bad week by losing the North London Derby. Two to one. Yeah. Diane defeats Dave this time. So normally, if there's a an unfortunate result in a North London Derby, an unfortunate towards the way I look at it. I'm there. Usually Brian is there to rub it in. Uh, Brian was there to rub it in. Uh, but no... None of that actually mattered. What was unfortunate and what actually hurt more now, Scott, than actually watching Arsenal lose the match was losing to Diane. <laughs> that was worse oh, than please. actually losing the game as an Arsenal fan. I mean, you did trash talk her on the pod to, last week. To uh, understand and know that Diane uh, uh, you know, was rooting for them and I lost to her. And now we'll have to put up with her banter as she rubs it in on the Slack workspace. That is awful painful. No, look, and I'm going to be wickedly short because this pot has ran long. As an Arsenal fan, I'm still happy about the progress. I see where the holes are, where the mistakes are. I'm excited about the youth. I'm excited about Arteta. I just need this season to be over and let's at least qualify for a Europa spot. Although, there's a part of me, as I was thinking today, maybe it's best that we don't make that Europa spot and give us a year to breathe, kind of like Leicester did when they made a title run, kind of like Chelsea did when they made their title run right after Leicester did, neither one of them having European play. So I I wondered if maybe, maybe if they miss out, it won't be that bad. So that's my thoughts on it. Interesting. Very good. One of the most inexplicable results, I think, it, easily of the week. Brian and I ended up watching the, the game together as as we had our our, our children uh, leave leave us. Like if they came in the room, I, I was like, just leave, leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, but it felt like uh, that's joking there. 
it felt like Arsenal dominated most of this match. Uh, even though the stats Brian uh, alluded to after the game, like Spurs had a lot of shots. Spurs did have a lot of shots. It was and a lot, of, a lot of counterattacking, which they seemed to do better and better as the game went on. But it, it was a dominant. It, it was a dominant like Arsenal, Arsenal owned performance. Most of the match. Yeah, they did not own the score sheet, and that's all that matters. Uh, and my one parting thing is Emilio Martinez, in my opinion, needs to be the Arsenal number one going forward. That dude is a stud. He had a save against who did he save that on? The one that went off the bar. When yes. he saved it off the bar. It was so good. Ben Davies. Yeah. Ben Davies hit a 30 when, yard yeah, rocket when he shot. He hit the post. And Martinez yeah. made I didn't it happened so fast. I thought he just pinged it off the post. Martinez deflected it into the post. Yeah. Unbelievable. And, that dude is a stud. And he was one of the outspoken players after the match to be willing to say we did not execute what Coach Our said. manager wanted to execute yeah. here. This is on the players, and I hate losing. It drives me crazy. Uh, you like to hear a vocal goalkeeper. You feel I, like that's a standard thing for goalkeepers. He, so at the very least, you're getting what you want from a guy uh, in your in your net. Scott, you love a good eye test. He passes the eye test. He commands a presence that Leno doesn't. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to explain it, but when I see it, you know it, Yep. and he has it. He's not a huge name. He's not a De Gea. He's not a. He's not a De Gea's Courtois. Not a De Gea. He's not a Pickford. He's not Courtois. a Pickford. He's not a Keppa. Oh yeah. Uh, no, no. Why are you no. naming all the bad he's goalkeepers? Not a, he's not a. The overrated Allison. goalkeeper. He's not an Allison. He's not a Newer. No. He's someone. In other words, he's not a big name that I no don't one's know heard of. Newer. But I, I promise you, this guy is a stud. He's a starting yeah. goalkeeper. Diane, just before you correct Dave, just know that I know that he said that wrong. <laughs> All right, number two. Number one and number two both come from the Leicester-Bournemouth match. This match was absolutely incredible. First of all, number two, the Soyuncu red card. You referenced this oh. just a minute ago, Brian. What was he doing? I think he thought that he was going to kick the ball out of the net in anger, but then he just wasn't very precise about it and instead went ahead and kicked Callum Wilson in the back of the legs and earned himself a red card. That whole thing happened, and that's obviously a problem for Leicester as well moving forward. Not not a great time to do that, no. No. But really what I want to focus on about that play leads perfectly into our sponsorship for this week. Yes. All right. No, we have a sponsorship. This is great. Hello. My name is Eddie Howe, manager oh. for Boardman. Oh, wow. And I want to tell you about Master Cleaning Group. We are a contract cleaning company based in Portland that's grown steadily over time, maintaining a good personal relationship with our clients. We guarantee our customers 100% satisfaction when it comes to cleaning services. And some of the services that we provide include domestic cleaning, commercial cleaning, office cleaning, after-party cleaning, spring cleaning, one-time spring cleaning. I don't know what the difference is, but it's here. Student house cleaning and much, much more. And by the way, during this time of the pandemic, we'll even help escort the opponent's players who've received red cards off the pitch. That's what they can do. So versatile. Master Cleaning Group Limited. Check them out today at mastercleaninggroup.com. For all your cleaning needs. This is yeah, fantastic. So back, this is me now again. Scott, by the way, in case you're wondering. Mm, uh, welcome back. Thank you. <laughs> I 
was watching this, and some dude in one of those yellow vests, looking like a steward, is escorting Sir Yunjir off the pitch with Master Cleaning Group Limited on the back Stop. of his vest. I'm not kidding. Where do you what think are the I chances get? are that they sponsor us the same week that that shows up on well, the back of his I'll tell kit. you. I'll tell you what happened, Dave. So I pay attention to these things with with podcast segments in mind. Gotcha. Okay. And as soon as I saw that, I reached out and I said, hey, can we somehow arrange something on 24-hour notice with Eddie Howe and, and get you to sponsor our podcast? And they said, sure. And so we put it together from some of the copy on their website and, and it, was, it was a go. I like it. Mastercleaninggroup.com. Well done. Number one, someone was messing around with the Casper Schmeichel voodoo doll during this match. Because when he sent that kick straight into the back of Wilfried and Didi, which then led to the Bournemouth goal that got the whole thing started, I'm telling you, someone someone did something to that foot on that voodoo doll of Casper Schmeichel. What was happening? At the Vitality Stadium in that last thirty minutes. One of the most wild turn of events in oh the Oh my match. goodness. Second to the Atlanta Falcons losing the Super Bowl to the <laughs> New England Patriots. It's always coming back to being up twenty eight to three. This is not an NFL football podcast. This is not your podcast. That was one of the biggest collapses since then, Brian, that I've seen. It there that I would say that was yeah, more uh unlikely than even a 1-1 draw that everyone expected Spurs and Arsenal to play to. <laughs> right, 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 sure. And they, no, almo- they almost gave us that. I mean, it should have been, it probably should have been 3 or 4 nil Leicester. Leicester by halftime anyway. Yeah. And then for it to flip completely to 4-1 the other way. Insane. just doesn't make completely any sense. Completely insane. Don't look now. By the time you hear this, he'll probably be hurt. But Junior Stanislaus is in a little bit of form. Yeah. We don't need to talk about it. Yeah. All, he has, all he has to do is sneeze. And he's hurt. And he's hurt. So far, he's sneeze-free. But that match was absolutely incredible. And honestly, I mean, if you had said, yeah, you know, Schmeichel, you know, so- someone's got some money on Bournemouth staying up, I'd almost believe it in this day and age of English football, looking at you, Wigan. Mm. But, uh, it, hey, you know what? We still have a little bit a little bit of a relegation battle with three game weeks to go. The, the, mat- the, the battle for the European... <laughs> There you the, go. The battle, the battle for the, for the European places is still strong. The relegation battle was starting to look a little weak, but thanks to Casper Schmeichel, Soyunjer, and Master Cleaning Group Limited, uh, we have a little bit of a relegation battle here still as well. Dave, I think we've done everything we can do for another week. A whole lot. We slammed in a lot of things that, that maybe we thought we could get to, maybe someone that we thought we weren't going to get to, and I hope and pray that it was relevant. Hopefully, I will have censored all the spots that needed to be censored (laughs) as I did not do that last week. But unfortunately, if you haven't already listened to last week, you won't be able to because I'm either going to delete it or I'm going to correct it. Anyways, hey, for the Fantasy Soccer FC Podcast, this is David Smith. Until next time.